<laughs> Goodbye, Jurassic World. Disaster. How is that not a disaster? Think, what haven't we tried yet? There's gotta be a fix. Every problem always has a fix. Everybody spread out! We shouldn't be here. Everyone knows this place is haunted. What do we do now? E750. This is log entry 239. The E-750 project is extremely aggressive. We found the lab Dr. Wu was using to make the Indominus Rex. If you think the Indominus was bad... We can't wait any longer. We have to leave the island now! This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies, all for you. Why, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, broadcasting live right here on Fandom Empire on YouTube. My goodness, we have a incredible episode for you guys tonight we're going to be talking about something very special to a lot of us around here jurassic world camp cretaceous the third season of the show was not just released it's been a little while but we've taken our time getting to it we've assembled a mighty team of panelists to talk about actually two sets of panelists and uh, we're going to get to one in a few minutes And we're going to get to another in a little while. And yeah, it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. A lot of stuff happens in Season 3, if you are not. And we are going to be talking about spoilers here tonight, guys, okay? Um, We'll we'll try to keep it light towards the beginning. But as we go forward, there will be more spoilers. And, I mean, it'll be spoilers anyway because, like, you're three seasons in. Come on, guys. Come on. you got to be watching this show if you aren't already. Um, But if you are, I think you're going to enjoy this very much a bit. And maybe if you're not, we'll convince you to watch it because it really is fantastic um before we get into that of course introductions are in order my name is ben and joining me is my good friend and co-host mr zach arnold how's it going man 
Uh, I, I'm just, I, I've been really distracted these first couple of minutes. I, I heard my name, but uh, other than that, I've been, I've been looking at this, uh, this startup OnlyFans account going on in the bottom corner yeah, down here. What's going on down there? Like, like the, the way he kind of saunters up to the camera and gives us that booby shot right there in the corner. I was like, ah, stop it. We're going to get kicked off YouTube. We're like fifth episode and we're, we're gone. YouTube was like, nope, nope, you're gone. Get out of here. <laughs> nah, no banishments, but it has been a minute since this guy's been uh, doing podcasting and such with us. I, I think so. that- what's up, bud? You know we can hear you, right? <laughs> um, I'm, getting, I'm getting some breaking in and out. Like I keep seeing you freezing. We can't see you at all. Buffing. We we have no visual I on you. I thought that was intentional, all. but apparently it's not. Uh, apparently. Yeah, Reina is all black right now. You're just you're just not here. We saw the purple. Oh yeah, that's on purpose. We saw the purple sure light is. for a minute or two. And then it's just it's just gone. Okay, we see you now. There he is, and he's got he's got a, a kitty in the background. He's got lots of company. Oh dear, yes. Uh, with Mondo, the mask <laughs> policy is completely enforced, and uh, he he doesn't. Yeah, he he take he takes the mask policy different kind of seriously. mask. For being honest, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to be talking about Jurassic World. Toronto Freddy asks, "What platform is it on?" It is a Netflix original in partnership with uh, DreamWorks and Amblin Entertainment. Um, so, if you have a Netflix account, that's where the new episodes drop. It's in a binge format, new seasons every so often, and uh, it's it's actually really really cool. We've talked about it here on IPC a couple of times previously. Um, and uh, it, it's it's really surprising uh, the direction that they've taken this show sometimes. But as a dinosaur fan, as a dino nerd, um, I'm just grateful that we have this kind of content, especially with Dominion being another year out. Um, it's it, it's comforting to have more dino stuff to consume. And uh, I've been very pleasantly surprised with how high the quality of that content has been, especially in a animated format. Um, obviously I love Pixar. I love DreamWorks films. Um, but to, to have something that has been this consistently good, this quickly is, is really, really cool. And so, uh, I'm excited to talk about it. I'm excited to have this many people talking about it with us. We've got a couple more people that are uh, coming in on the second half of the show. And, uh, and so there's going to be a lot of voices tonight and a lot of opinions being shared, and it should be a good time. Uh, we, hmm. We've we've kind of given attention to Mondo, but let's give attention to the guy who's repping the IPC podcast on the IPC podcast. That is a baller move, and I respect the hell out of it. <laughs> back for more fun, it's Steven Schinder. Steven, welcome to the show, man. Hey, glad to be back, but this time in video format. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's like a new era of IPC, and I love it. It really is. It, it's, it's, it's the dawn of something new, and uh, it's, it's, it's really cool because we, we, get to, we get to share thoughts and ideas, but we also get to have, like, a really engaged chat. We've got some really awesome people here at Phantom Empire. Uh, Jesse, one of our patrons, Toronto Freddy, uh, a big contributor at the Phantom Empire channel. You know, there, there's a lot of engagement that goes on um, with, with having it on YouTube now, which is really, and really con- cool. And congratulations to yes. our host here at Phantom Empire. Just crossed three 
thousand subscribers, which is amazing. That is a huge accomplishment. I saw the post earlier and was like, what? That is amazing. 3,000. Like, that's a really, really big deal. And uh, apparently Mondo is having some connectivity issues. He's trying to hop back on shortly. Uh, We will bring him in when we are able to. But, I mean, 3,000. That's a really big deal. And they get really, really consistent listenership and and viewership uh, here on this program. They just did something talking about Halloween Kills, which just had the trailer drop uh, yesterday. All of that discussion has led to thousands of views on the last few videos that they've done, and it's just incredible to see the work that they're doing. And so uh, congratulations to those guys. That's awesome. Um, Toronto Freddy said he's going to have to duck out when we get to the spoiler section, which is a good point. We should probably do some spoiler-free thoughts while we wait for Mondo to rejoin the video. Steven, I'll toss it to you because you're our guest. Um, I believe you said that you enjoyed season two more than season one. Is that correct? How does season three, spoiler free, how does season three stack up to the previous two in your opinion? So season three, I definitely enjoyed more than season one, but maybe not as much as season two. It's possible that some of that may have been due to like stuff going on in life as I was watching this season. Cause you know, that can sometimes affect the viewing, but overall I thought it was good. It just, I didn't have as much excitement watching season three as I did watching season two, but I did really enjoy that. Like by this point, we all love the characters and we're invested in them and they still kept the ball moving with the characters and you know i'm still really into this like i've said before that season two made this my favorite aspect of the jurassic franchise and that's coming from someone who's not a huge jurassic fan so it's fun to have like this facet that i feel like it's like yeah this is my jurassic whatever and so like i enjoyed season three well enough and i'm looking forward to season four yeah um zach i mean you're the biggest jurassic park fan like on Uh, earth for me i'm curious about your opinions on this because i know you've been very excited and what were your kind of initial spoiler free thoughts on season three my my initial impressions on the season were actually pretty uh, impressed with the extra two episodes that we got. That's not a spoiler. There's 10 episodes this season instead of eight. And I felt like those extra two were more like an epilogue. You know, the, the main threat is averted at the end of episode eight, and they probably could have stopped there if they wanted to, but they had more of the story to tell and they told it in episodes nine and 10. And I was, very pleasantly surprised by how well they told it and how much more depth they added to the uh, to the Jurassic franchise and the Jurassic universe with those extra two episodes. So uh, they did a, they did a really good job telling the story that they wanted to tell in those eight episodes and then did a really good job of adding depth in those final two episodes to leave you wanting even more in season four. The animation improved. Uh, the the uh, friend dynamics improved between all of the characters. The music was awesome. There was just a lot 
to enjoy in this season. And uh, yeah, it was really cool taking it all in. Yeah. So for me, I, I really enjoyed this season. I, I think it might, it could be my favorite season overall. Um, and I don't say that lightly because I've liked all three, I've liked all three seasons. And I thought they were all very strong, but I think what they did with this one and kind of the duality of like these kids just basically running in place. I don't want to get too spoiler here, here, but like, they're, yeah, they're on an island. We all know they're on an island. They're on Isla Nublar, and they're trying to get off of it. And that's what they're doing in this season. That's not a spoiler to say. And they do that the entire season. <laughs> and it's it's a lot. And But it's, it's done, I think, very brilliantly. And the, the thematics of it all and the action and the, the horror elements of it, I think, was really well done. I think they overall really did great and kept it going because we're three seasons into this. We're telling a story, spoiler alert, <clears throat> from the first season about kids stuck on an island that's been overrun by dinosaurs and everyone's left and now they're marooned there. To be able to stretch that out and make it believable for three seasons on and going into four is pretty remarkable. And you have to give it credit to the writers. I think this is one of the most strongly written seasons because it digs deep into the characters, digs deep into the relationships, why they're doing what they're doing. You know, them thinking about what's going to happen after they are because they're they're obviously hopeful that they're going to get off the island eventually, and you know them surviving and dealing with some dark stuff because you, you look at the show like oh it's a kitty cartoon or whatever. It's yes, it is made with kids in mind. It is obviously a show that's made for a younger audience, but it still deals with some really dark themes, really adult stuff. And I, I appreciate it for that. I think it's, it did a really great job of interfacing with the Jurassic franchise, sometimes very, very, very upfront about that in ways that I didn't even expect. And then, you know, going forward with the story, I think it was great. So I personally really enjoyed the season. Mondo sent us a chat saying, I loved it all. And he says, can you read this? You re it's kind of blurry, dude. And I really don't think this is going to be an adequate way to share our thoughts for the remainder of this panel. <laughs> um, Give him a break. He's doing the best he can. <laughs> he's, he, he's really trying. He's trying very hard, and we appreciate that. Uh, Steven, while Mondo is troubleshooting, what did, what did you make? Again, continuing to be spoiler-free, what did you make of the the character dynamics? between the friends in this show, because Ben brought up a good point. Uh, after a while, it's starting to feel a bit Swiss Family Robinson, a bit Gilligan's Island in nature, uh, doing the same thing season after season, just putting a different twist on it. Um, how, how do you feel like they were able to move the characters forward, or were they able to move the characters forward um, with the development in this season? It felt like they were trying to shake things up with them a little bit. Like, you know, have a little bit of conflict between them here and there. But I think ultimately it's not something I'm overtly worry, worried about because I feel like, like, ultimately, like, this is a show that is meant to, like, have happy stuff happen. So I wasn't too concerned with the, like, uh, the, like, conflicts between them at times. But... It was nice to have those in there because it felt 
real, you know, like these are like actual people and they mm-hmm. have their own feelings about all this stuff that's happening with them. Jesse in the chat says, honestly, loving how Mondo is choosing to interact. I mean, showing us his his kitty is always uh, a welcome <laughs> delight. As long as he's not using the uh, the Oak Cliff sign language, then we'll be okay. Uh, for those of you who live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, you got that reference. For those of you who don't, well, too bad. Just uh, j- just think of it as uh, Dallas's Harlem, if you will. Um, but it's uh, it's all it's all in it's all in jest. It's all in good fun. Um, ben, the, yeah. the some of the some of the dinosaurs in this show, um, animation has improved a bit. And yeah. we've we've gotten a little bit bolder, I feel like, as far as dinosaur choices and how they interact with the creatures. And this isn't a spoiler because it showed up in posters and stuff, but Blue from the movies showed up uh, a little bit more in this season. And uh, so you get you get some of those rather direct slash indirect connections to the live action films. Uh, with these dinosaurs, what did what did you make of the dino choices and the way that they interacted with the characters? Yeah, it was interesting because I I am not someone I am not a I didn't grow up a dinosaur kid. I didn't you know I wasn't super into uh, dinosaurs and all this kind of stuff. Oh, I, so, I grew up you know, a human kid, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that was just low hanging fruit. I just left it out there. I'm glad you picked it. Glad you picked it. That was that um, was that was a question they asked Chris Pratt right like during the the interviews yes. <laughs> before before the first movie. It was like, "Were you a dinosaur kid growing up?" And he's like, "No, I was a human kid growing up." <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, okay. So, see, so you just threw me off. I'm just, I'm just off and think. Thanks the a lot for that. Dinosaurs um, of season three. But like, I so I I'm not I don't have dinosaurs memorized. I know T Rex. Velociraptors, that's about it. Like t- Triceratops, like I can, I can like point them out. But like this, this season introduced like a lot of dinosaurs I'd never heard of, I'd never seen before. I think that was really cool. Like obviously, I, I hear all the time, you know, watching videos and whatever from Jurassic Park fandom. There's like there's this you know, always this push to like, oh, let's see a different dinosaur we haven't seen before, or, or something that was only hinted at in the movies that we never actually saw. And, like, this season obviously gives you a lot of room to do different things and show different dinosaurs. I think that was great. And showing, and not just going back to, you know, using Rexy again, which she does show up, but not as much as she did last season. She's with, a, like with a, a big, purpose. With a right. purpose, I feel like. Rather than just over the top, just, like, there's a reason for her appearance. Right. And I think they've shied away from the raptors in just in general um and especially blue the past couple seasons i think for one it's really hard to have the kids outsmart raptors it's really hard to get them in a situation and get them out of a situation alive because uh plus raptors they're they're dangerous man they're like real scary um so like so like i liked it they kind of saved blue for this moment and gave her a little bit of an arc here in one maybe two episodes and it was really it was really nice to see her again and see kind of like, yes, she's still a wild animal. She will try to eat you because she's a raptor. That's what she's you know that she's bred to do. But 
she's still a little bit smarter than everybody else. She's still got that little bit of personality that, like, if you treat her with respect and if you gain her respect, she might not eat you. Um, so that was fun. I think that was very fun. And, you know, especially leading up to, you know, what we know is going to come later. It's It's great. What is this? I'm what trying to this? bring myself back into focus. I look really fuzzy. I zoomed in to show off my hat that I got at Universal Studios, and then it's like, ah, oh, he's all blurry. Or maybe I'm just blind and I'm actually in focus, but my eyes can't see that. Like, I don't know. I feel, I feel like I'm blurry, but mine, I can't tell. Mine, mine, I can't. I can't seem to get mine out of focus. So I'm I like, think I'm okay. I'm like an episode of. I'm like a song from Twenty One Pilots. My name's Blurry Face, and I care what you think. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and go into spoilers now. Yeah, let's do it. We have, to, we, have to, we have to continue the discussion, even if Mondo's having technical difficulties. We appreciate him taking time out of his evening to be a part of this. It sucks that this didn't go the way that we hoped, but uh, I think what we may do is Mondo hangs out with me a lot sometimes, and so uh, maybe he and I can do like a special um, IPC Hangout type of thing. Yeah, that'd you, be can, great. you can You can do Facebook Live in the IPC Hangouts, and here's the thing. Tomorrow, he and I are actually going to do a walkthrough experience at oh. a at a animatronic Jurassic World uh, showcase that is happening in the Dallas area. And so he and I got tickets a couple of weeks ago. You can see all of the animatronic dinosaurs from the from the franchise from the movies. And uh, it's wow. had really awesome reviews. You get to see like the Raptors, the T Rex, the Indominus, the the Stegosauruses, the Ankylosauruses. Like, there's a lot of dinos that you get to see. And so, I think what we'll do is, if we can't reestablish a good connection with Mondo, what we'll do is he and I will go live in the Intergalactic Peace Hangout, which is a f- uh, open Facebook group that people can be a part of. He and I will go Facebook Live uh, tomorrow to talk about season three. And talk about the dinosaur walkthrough experience. So he's he's a he's a big fan, and he's he's enjoying his time hanging out with us, dude. Where's your box? I know you can hear me. Show off your box when you get a chance, because I I got him this really kick ass Christmas present uh, during the past holiday season. And no, no, not your bosom, your box, not your six pack. <laughs> oh jeez, um. I got this really kick-ass present for him on Etsy. Not to not to brag, but like I told him, your eyes are gonna piss tears. And then when he opened the present, he was like, "Oh my eyes, they're pissing tears!" Like he wow. he, he really enjoyed that present. It's like a yeah, sick- he was it's a real pterodactyl. Tear. Womp 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 womp. This episode brought to you by Dino Nuggets. <laughs> Okay. Oh, is that what you're having? You, yeah, how are the Dino Nuggies, by the way? Uh, they're pretty good. I could have heated them a bit more, maybe, but they're still pretty darn good. <laughs> I always put mine in the toaster oven. Oh, I thought you were going to say just toaster. I was going to be like, wow, that's a unique way to eat them. Just, just chunk, boing, into the mouth. Yeah. Is it like one at a time or multiple within? No, it's all? like four. So and it's it's like four, but if one of them falls in, then you know I still got three left. So 
It's fine. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. There's the box. Oh, what's Mondo holding up? That's the box Ooh. that I told you about. It was it it was what's from in a, the box? It was from an Etsy store that I found where they they do that type of stuff and then his last name got engraved wow. in the Jurassic Park font on one of the sightings there. And then That is amazing. I'm pretty sure that's a Jurassic Park quote that's like um life breaks free, life cannot be contained. Life finds a life way. Life finds a way. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So this is just going to turn into a Mondo showing off his <laughs> Jurassic Park themed stuff cuz that's basically all we can do at this point. Don't worry, we'll get his his thoughts on the show uh probably tomorrow, so don't worry about that. But we're going to go ahead and go into spoilers now. Steven, your full spoiler filled thoughts on this season uh and and let's let's go ahead and highlight some of the things that you felt like were really worth uh uh, highlighting at the same time. So, like, go into your thoughts and then, uh, like, the, the key highlights that you wanted to bring in tonight. Yeah, so the thing that really stood out to me in this season was this question that they raise about midway through, which is, like, once we get home, are we still going to be friends? And that's, like, a legit right. concern. Like, even if you're... Like, you don't have to be stranded on an island to have that concern. It's It could be, like... You go to school with people for a few years and it's like, are we still going to be friends after we graduate? True. Or, yep. or you might travel to some faraway place abroad, make some friends there and you all get along. But then you kind of worry, oh, are, how many of us are still going to keep in touch? And mm-hmm. it's like, um, like, I think even though I wasn't that worried about whether or not they will stay friends after this. Like, even with the whole, like, Darius and Kenji sort of fallout, which kind of felt like it happened last minute, to be honest, but, like, pretty even quick. with them, Well, I, I I would contest... Ben said it happened pretty quick. I would contest oh, that, yeah. that this is something that has been building. I I would contest that there are, there are certain circumstances that ha- have happened over the last couple of seasons where when it comes to like Mitch and Tiff, what is happening? (laughs) What? My Alexa is in the other room telling jokes. Like, is someone like break into your house and and start like messing with your Alexa? No, I, I, I hit a routine on my Alexa app, which is supposed to turn up all the lights, but I think it also (laughs) activated the joke sequence or something. I, I, I don't, I don't know what happened there. I apologize. I, anyways, back to the to the Darius and Kenji fallout. I I would contest that Kenji has has always been about the the people more than the dinosaurs. And this season, this season in particular, he has really started bonding with people. He had a, he had a pretty good bond the first couple episodes with Sammy. He was even starting to bond with Yaz during the second season. Um, like, I think he had a, a connection with Brooklyn in the first season. So like, he's been slowly bonding with people over the course of the whole show to the point where he's kind of like the group mascot almost like everybody loves Kenji yeah. in spite of Kenji. And, <laughs> and, and the, the one time that he has to make like a leadership type of decision, it doesn't go well. You know, when they're when they're trying to prep for their departure in the middle of the season, they're almost ready and and Kenji gets left in charge. Obviously that's gonna blow up in your face. <laughs> so right. 
So now he has another opportunity. He's got a chance to redeem himself, to have a leadership moment in these final two episodes. And in that moment, he chooses friends over the dinosaurs. He, he, chooses, he chooses friends over just about everything else because that's where his tunnel vision has gotten him to. That this situation has caused Kenji to basically focus on the people around him. And he made that choice rather than following Darius's idea, which put Brooklyn's life at risk, admittedly, a little bit. And so when, when he said something to the effect of, like, unlike you, I don't take chances with friends or something like that. I don't, I don't take risks with friends' lives, I think is what he said. Yeah, yeah I think so. Like, that hit home with me. Like, Kenji can be a little rambunctious sometimes. He can be a little out there sometimes. But when the chips are down, that's where his priorities lie. And I respected that. Because sometimes Darius loses focus and and gets a little too much about dinosaurs. And Kenji was there to center him a little bit. For once, I don't feel like Darius was in the right. Well, at the very least, you can sympathize with Kenji in the sense that like you're up against this thing. And like, I probably would have done what Kenji did is like, Oh, they want the laptop. They have one of our friends. Just give them the laptop. Like this is a no brainer. Like don't be the hero. Just do it because you don't want to take a chance with this. But Darius being the altruistic, you know, this, this guy that cares about not just people, but the animals too. You know, mm-hmm. obviously he's coming at this as we can we have a chance to do something. We can have that compromise of we can do this good thing and also get her back. And I understand where Darius her is back. coming from, but it is this like, what are you giving up to do it? What could happen? And Kenji's like, nah, I'm not doing this. I why I've been running away from these dinosaurs for Hello? the past six months. Um now is oh what what do I hear? What did I hear? I heard something. Did you hear something? Yeah, I heard something. Say it again, Hello? strange person. Hello? The voice. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Kinda. It was it was a little little, little broken up there. I mean a little bit of Mondo is better than no Mondo. That is true. I have learned I have learned that from, from experience. I'm disappointed he couldn't turn that into some kind of sexual innuendo. So that's uh, all I got, man. <laughs> something like that. But anyway, um glad you're here, Mondo. Keep trying, man. Um but I like I, I, I totally get both sides, but I think it, it works. I think it works for their characters to go like this is where their breaking point is. And I'm curious where it goes then. Cause I, it kind of, even though you're right, it, it kind of like it was being set up. It came out of nowhere for me. Cause I'm like, wow, Kenji like really went dark there. Like that was not what I was expecting. Uh, we're getting word that our other panelists are getting ready to join us as well. But Steven, here's the deal. Um, cool. we're not, we're not going to ask you to, to step out. If you've still got time, uh, available, um, we're just going to try and bring everybody on and we'll just we'll just go for as long as the server allows us because Sean says he can hold up to 10 people and so I think we've bought a decent enough amount of time so far like we haven't gotten too too deep into the discussion so uh, if you're available 
Uh, we'll just turn it into one big panel as soon as the other two guys are able to join us. Are you cool with that? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. Um, so here's the deal. I renewed my AMC A-list subscription just so I could get a free IMAX ticket to go see Fast and the Furious on opening night last night. I really had zero interest in watching Fast and the Furious. <laughs> it was my first ever Fast and the Furious movie. I didn't watch any of the first ones that like originally came out. I had no previous knowledge about them. Like I saw the commercials. I knew The Rock was in them. I knew uh, like I knew uh, bits and pieces here and there. And I was so lost during that movie. Let me tell you. Like, there were things that people were laughing about and cheering about that I'm assuming were inside jokes and references to previous movies, but I had no clue. The Really, the only thing that I went there for was the special IMAX teaser for Dominion. And let me tell you, I had some serious Battle at Big Rock vibes. There were actually a couple of quick shots that actually looked like they came straight out of Battle at Big Rock. Oh, wow. And then they they had some things that they tried to make, like, quote-unquote, historically accurate to the dinosaurs of previous history. Like, they went way, way back and tried to, like, put feathers on some of them to make them look more bird-like. Hi, Mondo. We see you. We, <laughs> we, 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 we know that you're here. We know that, we know that you're here, but we, we definitely cannot. Can you not? I I don't know. I I can you not hear me? That's what it sounds like. It it's so disappointing. Hello, kitty. That that's the best part of the show, right there. Just kitty cam, right there. <laughs> I think that's Luna, one of his two kittens. Oh my goodness! And she is as chill and lovable as any cat you will ever meet. Uh, very affectionate. Will just come hop right in your lap sometimes. But oh my god, um, that's kind. But the the teaser, historical accuracy, prehistorical accuracy, as close as they could possibly make it, and then um, they 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 center in on the mosquito a little bit, the OG mosquito that ends up in the amber in John Hammond's cane. Like, oh my gosh! You you that's actually amazing. you actually watch it suck some of the blood out of one or two of the dinosaurs and then like it flashes forward to showing you like the dinosaurs of today and how like there's definitely some genetic modifications going on there because the dinosaurs of 65 million years ago don't look like the ones that are loose after fallen kingdom and so there's definitely like some 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 vibes there showing you that maybe these aren't the actual dinosaurs we believe them to be back in 1993 because they they don't resemble the ones that that history says that they were so it was it was like an interesting commentary because you know back in the 90s they created those dinosaurs based on the best information they had available in the 90s right and they tried to make them look like prehistorically accurate obviously new stuff has come to light in the last 25 years and so they've updated it to make it look like those things that are different about them are genetic modifications, part of that engineering in the lab type of thing that was going on. And it actually gives a really great opportunity for like a comparison contrast to show how they used to look 
versus how they look today. I, I thought that was really, really creative of them. And watching those five or six minutes uh, made me think, damn it, I want this now. Yeah, I mean, that is actually creative. Like, I don't know why we didn't think that that was a possibility. Like, that's an author's saving throw right there. Mm-hmm. It really is. So uh, was it was it worth it? To was it worth uh, two and a half hours of cars and magnets smashing and all the craziness? Was it worth it to get the, a little bit of dinosaurs? Tell me honestly. Uh, I will tell you this: I am seriously considering using my A list again, where I get a a ticket for like a seven o'clock of Fast and Furious in IMAX. And then try and find like a 7.30 for Cruella. So that I watch the 7 o'clock teaser, walk out of Fast and Furious, and go catch Cruella at 7.30. That is ingenious. That that is how I'm going to utilize my A-list ticket purchasing. Because no, I would not (laughs) sit through another two and a half hours of Fast and the Furious for six minutes of of dinosaurs but i do want to see it again i want to like check for anything that i missed uh, i want to uh enjoy it as much as i can as as many times as i can because outside of camp cretaceous that dominion teaser is going to be the only thing that's going to hold me over for another year so i'm it's pretty crazy i'm gonna make the most of it that's 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 what i'm saying i'm gonna make the most of it i'm gonna make the most of my a-list and i'm gonna do my damnedest to uh try and and advocate for another battle of big rock type of short so that uh we have more content holding us over between now and uh next year when dominion's supposed to come out i will say really quickly um sources are telling me that the script has leaked already onto the internet I've so heard too. beware of what forums you go to and for how long you're going because you could end up having the whole movie spoiled for you if you're not careful. There's also um, some kind of trailers floating around out there, too, that they probably are fake, but they look darn real. So, uh, yeah, be careful of that, too, if you don't want to know anything. Um, I'm just surprised that they're like they're showing a clip from the movie, literally a clip, like a year away. Usually you get something like that, like, you know a few weeks before the movie comes out they're like i think this is more of like a hey jurassic fans you want to go give some money to the fast and furious franchise i think it's more like that uh which they might have my money because i might be going to see this plus i'm a sucker for a dumb action movie so forgive me <laughs> i mean i do forgive you i just i don't i'm not i'm not the one I, it, it's just not for me it's it's just not like the whole final fight sequence of of Fast Nine involves using like these super high charged magnets to be able to like pull other cars spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. pull other cars onto the cars that are driving by to like crash into the bad guys' cars and make them veer off of the road. Like that's not how magnets work, but. <laughs> Like, it was really selective, too. Like, sometimes it pulls a whole car off of the side of the road. Sometimes when they activated it, it just pulled, like, a table off of a cafe. Like, <laughs> like, uh, am I pulling wow. a table or am I pulling a car? I don't know. 
It was just it was so frustrating. Wow. Was, well, well, hey, like I've I've said this before, and I'll say it again: the movies are not my cup of tea when it comes to Fast and Furious. But Fast and Furious Spy Racers, the three D animated show on Netflix, is so good. Like everyone should watch it. It's on Netflix, you say? Yeah, it's similar to Cam Cretaceous, isn't it? Uh, pretty much. Like the animation style is kind of similar. Like it's it's also DreamWorks animation. Um. Like, the animation style isn't completely the same, but it has, like, kind of a similar vibe. Like, the characters are funny, and I guess it's easier to take, like, to believe that that stuff happens because it's an animated show. And I just love the characters, and it's, like, the animation looks gorgeous, and so, yeah. It's a well, for me. I mean, it, it's good that they're like the same animation style. And I think, you know, obviously we're heading um, towards, I mean, it'd be great to see, you know, Camp Cretaceous and Spy Racers crossover because we all know that Jurassic World and Fast and Furious are obviously going to cross over now. That's that's going to be the next right. <laughs> the next thing. You're going to be dinosaurs, cars just crashing into each other, you know, big magnets. Uh, yeah, do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's great. Car-shaped they, nuggets. They sent a car into space. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna send a dinosaur into space. Just wait. They sent a car into space and had the two, the only two black guys in the movie, <laughs> had them go into space in like 1960s swimsuits. With the with the pressurized metal helmets, and they're like, eh, "We'll blow up like a balloon a little bit, but it's airtight, so we're fine." I'm like, "What the hell am I watching?" Just, just wow. Camp Cretaceous is a. Much I can't wait. I can't wait. Honestly, Camp Cretaceous wait. is a much better watch than Fast and Furious Nine. Just putting that out there. Just <laughs> gonna put that out there. Sean is organizing the guys for. Um, for the the rest of the panel to join us momentarily, while we're waiting, um, I I want I I'm gonna I'm gonna put this to both of you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to crossovers from franchises like this, like I'm obviously not in favor of it, but there are people <laughs> there are people from the Fast and Furious franchise that are interested. Uh, there's a lot of fans that are interested. Would you? In all seriousness, as a moviegoer, as a consumer, as a fan of Jurassic and dinosaurs, would you actually go watch a dinosaur movie starring Vin Diesel? Yes. No no questions asked. No brainer. They got my money, all right? They know, all right? Look, I'll be the first to say, like, that's a stupid idea. But I'll watch it, man. Like that's gonna be entertaining. It's gonna be so terrible. It's gonna be so bad. Yeah. And it's gonna be so ridiculous. You know, Vin Diesel riding a dinosaur, um, blue, like in a car, like blue is like up to her intelligence. She's driving a Mustang or something like that. You know, uh Chris Pratt on you know, you know, driving a whatever, like give 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 it all to me. Give it all to me. I'll I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I should clarify that I probably wouldn't see it in the theater, but I do want it to happen just because I think these 
like the movies are silly to me anyway so it's like why not and so i would watch it like later on like rent it or whatever uh so yeah why not ah man i'm in the i'm in the (laughs) vocal minority here i suppose Uh, plus i know it'll trigger you so i mean that's kind of entertaining too dude i would have to bring a flask into the theater (laughs) straight up yeah yeah straight uh, up no bones about it i'm gonna get one of those jumbo sized drinks that they got at the amc and like that much of it's gonna be with whiskey in it that's the only way I'd enjoy that type of stuff. I'm nice. sorry. I'm sorry. After <laughs> after that being my first experience with Fast and Furious 9, there were some sequences that I was just like, really? Who wrote this? Who who thought this was a good idea? And then Chad, one of our patrons, he he wrote us in the in the peace in the not in the peacekeeper group, in the intergalactic peace hangout. Peacekeeper core is for patrons. Go hit us up at patreon.com slash podcast if you want to be part of the Peacekeeper Corps. There's some really cool exclusives there that no one else gets to see or be a part of. But I think Chad wrote us in the in the Intergalactic Peace Hangout asking, can we talk about how the Fast and Furious movies are basically superhero movies? And I shut that down real quick. I was like, <laughs> no. No. Folks, we've been, we've been podcasting this IPC podcast for seven years now, and this is the First time I've given anything remotely close to a review of a Fast and Furious movie. And it's like a 5 out of 10 if I'm giving it a planet score. Wow. If that. I mean, I mean, they are like superhero movies, but not all superhero movies are necessarily good, you know? So, I mean, yeah. Doctor Strange wasn't that good. Thor The Dark World wasn't that good. But I have to... I have to I have to watch those in order I mean, to get. I like those a bit more, but I have to sure. get. I have to watch the Dark World in order to like better understand Loki a little bit more. So I mean, even back when Dark World came out, I was like, I don't hate this. I really like it. It's just that Malekith is underwhelming, and that's it. But I know I'm like in the minority with that movie, probably. And that's what's so disappointing is Eccleston is such a good actor. <laughs> yeah, like I was so excited to see what they were going to do with Doctor Who. And it didn't happen. It just it it. We it, have more people. It it fell short. We do have more people. We've got a couple more panelists. Actually, one of them is like just now waking up on the other side of the uh-huh. of the world, <laughs> and another one just finished his Friday night podcast and is like immediately hopping over onto ours. That's how dedicated people are to talking about dinosaurs, folks. We got one in California in Steven. We got one on the East Coast in Star Raptor here. And then another fellow in Bulgaria joining us at what is it, buddy? Is it like six AM your time? Six oh seven AM now? Oh yes, it is. Wow. That is that is some <laughs> dedication. Yeah. So Without further ado, I'm going to say a, a hello to uh, Dan Grievous and then a hello to Star Raptor. Dan, uh, what are your thoughts? We're into the spoiler section now, but we're going to keep Steven on the mm-hmm. on the panel because we've kind of been like filling in time, waiting for the rest of you guys to be able to, to hop on. Um, we're, we're into spoilers, though. What are your spoilery thoughts on Season 3 of Camp Cretaceous? Okay, uh, first of all, good morning. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> my spoilery thoughts is that actually it went 
into my nightmares and it even more borrowed fr uh, from them than the previous two seasons and just did go all the way into all these scenarios that I've always wanted to see these movies, you know, explore, or at least some of them have been kind of explored in the movies and it did them even better. At least I think it did them better than some of the movies. Uh, where should I start? I mean, it, it, it's a long season. I think it's a, longer than the previous two seasons. So should I like go over the whole thing? By the way, uh, as much as as much as you want to for like initial impressions, we're gonna do like a, a point by point discussion as well. But this is like initial initial impressions that can include spoilers because we're into spoilers now. Okay. Well, overall, I think this season was a stronger season with. Much better focus on the characters. Yes, there was a lot of backtracking back and forth, but again, they offered this season a totally different feel because last season we had a big focus on Mitch and Taff, and uh, and and that's why like it was a totally different feeling because the Scorpius Rex offered a much more different situation. I mean, some of the scenes with the Scorpius Rex are downright horrific i mean yeah. especially the way it's introduced the the, the first moment where the ceratosaur is just dying in the middle, I, I jumped up because i thought they were just gonna do like, like this little like scary eye show again like one like one of the trailers did and i thought it was like oh, okay that, that's fine that's fine it's, it's good. no they just but and, and, and it's dead it's like okay so uh, personally i think the scorpion strikes <laughs> is much scarier and more effective for as a hybrid than even the Indoraptor, but I don't like the Indoraptor and I don't like the Indominus, even though they st jump-started the franchise in a way. The Scorpius Rex, I think, is a much inter more interesting design. It offered much more interesting, like, scenarios, especially when it climbs up a, a tree. Some of those shots, if they didn't have the kids in them or in, if the kids were, live, like, more realistic... It looked like the movies because the trees were... And, and by the way, that, that's what I wanted to bring up. The animation looks like it was mm -hmm. bumped up with with a bigger budget. So, And it looked much better than the previous two seasons, especially like the water. The, they, every episode had like rain, especially it, that served the purpose when it, we came to the, the last episodes, which felt like they were part of season four, but they maybe decided to just, you know, make it more interesting and add them to season three and uh True. a lot of more interesting like dinosaurs and and look i didn't expect to see a limo in jurassic park and, and <laughs> just that was weird but they play around those scenarios very well and i just really liked what they did and especially like exploring more of Ken I think we're not done with Kenji's backstory because they just hinted at it especially with you know uh you know they were looking at the like the books and stuff but there's something more to Kenji maybe either his dad is dead or something I don't know so we'll see and the new dinosaur editions like the model of which I thought was like disturbing at times because yeah, the, the raptors are nice, but I think Camp Cretaceous does it better than movies because the movies think that we want to only see the Rex, the raptors, the occasional Stegosaurus and Triceratops, and that's it. 
Like, there are so many freaky, freaky dinosaurs that just would work better as an antagonist. And that's why the previous season was so high on my list because it added, again, a raptor-like enemy in the Baryonyxes, but they were so different and messed up in the face, especially. Uh, and now the Monophosaurus, which seemed like aggressive giant rats because they just grouped up and just became a problem. Um, and I'm glad that they just explored all these options that I didn't have one moment in this season to ask, oh, why didn't they do that? That's dumb. It's like, which I have a asked myself during Fallen Kingdom and Jurassic World. But I'm a person who loves Jurassic Park 3, so I'm not a person who needs to be like oh, the dear. judging voice. So, so, um, so I love the season. <laughs> Dan, you love I love Jurassic Park 3 too, so I'm in your corner, buddy. <laughs> we is a bat! We can hear the Mondo! <laughs> I, I almost yeah. choked on my Dino Nuggy as I left. <laughs> <laughs> we've got the Mondo. He, he he's joining on his phone, but we've got him. Oh man! Okay, uh, Star Raptor, you bit. You were nodding your head quite a bit during uh, during Dan's monologue. I, I take it there were there were quite a few components that he mentioned that you also enjoyed about season three. Yeah, definitely. Um, so quick thoughts by season one. I really liked a lot. It, it played a lot to nostalgia, kind of tying into Jurassic World a lot, which I, I liked. And then season two for me, it kind of took a step back because it really dealt with some really kind of dumb villains, which I feel like just took me out of the experience. And now we are back in season three. I believe this is the strongest one yet because it doesn't have to rely on nostalgia, but it relies on, in fact, what makes Jurassic park the series so good is is the sense of fear and also the sense of wonder and and bringing in new dinosaurs like like dan was saying uh the scorpio rex like that huge surprise there's two of them and, and the way they're able to just be just really strange and 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 just disheartening when they you know they're just very vicious creatures but also seeing things come full circle um you know like like woo and all them coming back into the picture so for me, it was really strong. A lot of the characters got some great development as well, um, like Yasmina and Ben, seeing how they start from the beginning and kind of end up towards the end of the season. Of course, there was you know some some things that always kind of plague uh, the Jurassic World camp Cretaceous for me, which is in fact like some of the dialogue is it just really cringy for me. But of course, it's more in for all all audience kind of thing. They have to use like the kid lingo and and a lot of this, you know. A lot of that kind of thing. I was like, okay, yeah, I expect that's there. And it's like, I don't like it, but I just have to live with it. Uh, but overall, yeah, it's a fantastic season. It's best one yet. Best one Agreed. yet. Oh, wow. Okay, who 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 feels like three is the best one they've done so far? Show show of hands think, or, or, or saying okay. I. Misa. <laughs> I think it's the best one yet. Three. Because, like, love it or hate it, season two, like... It's great. It does some stuff that is important for this season, especially with the boat. Oh, by the way, I'm I'm sure you guys are aware of this. Uh, the Uranosaurus scene was one of the most horrific and scary things that the franchise has done in a while, in my opinion. Those disgusting, horrible duck monsters were just the worst. And especially as a person who has played Jurassic World Evolution, <laughs> herbivores are the biggest 
buttholes in the entire game. <laughs> I've had six six separate carnivores living together as roommates. No problem. Okay, three of them died in a battle. But if I have a Stiggy Moloch, a Stegosaurus, a Triceratops, anywhere near each other in a gigantic enclosure, they're going to freak out and they're going to start panicking and breaking fences and killing people. Disgusting plant-eating jerks. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but I don't think, like, for instance, like, the se- second season offered a lot of, like, different things that the French had already done. Like, they explored a human villain, which I thought for a second towards the end we were going to explore in this, and thankfully we did not go that far. There was a lot of gruesomeness because they almost, like, they're almost ready to show, if they, like, would have been allowed like to show just the death, but the, the movie's always done that as well. Like the the way like one of the hunters in uh, in in Jurassic Park three dies is when the leg of the Spinosaurus comes in front of the camera mm-hmm. because we shouldn't see the body. But season two gave us the boat, you know, that is very pivotal in this season and probably the beginning of the next season, which I hopefully goes where I hope it goes. But again, that's it. Love it, leave it. Love it or hate it, leave it. It's not a problem. Here, like we have so much more that just is essential, especially when it comes to Doctor Wu, the boat, and E seven fifty. Like it's basically essential stuff. Like if you watch Fallen Kingdom, yeah, there is some redemption possibly. But microscopic, you have to look with a big, big, big lens. Here, I see what they're doing. They they showed us Doctor Wu at the end, and his conversation with Brooklyn was just, "Oh, oh, my things are beautiful, but they're monstrous, and I could ru- ruin the world." So, this season, the last couple episodes are setting up what I think Doctor Wu is gonna be in Dominion, which is far more important in, in the long run because this person has been in is going to be in four movies now and also it's introduced like i still don't know what hit the boat because it wasn't the Uranosauruses. um and also it's kind of like with the i don't know it's 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 complicated but again it's doing a lot of things that I really wanted to do, especially like, for instance, the nostalgia trip that was the visitor center scenes were much better done than what Jurassic World did, in my opinion, because like they spend more time there. They carefully like enjoy it. Like there were like, yes, yeah, some inconsistencies, but it was much better done than it did in the movies. And you, you, without, you know, the Dr. Wu stuff, especially the connection with Fallen Kingdom, which was, I just the moment I heard like them cutting and wanting to get that skull and then the guy running, it's like, oh my goodness, we're going there. Like we're connecting to Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. And it's yeah, yeah. so it's more essential than season two. Not uh, but just as essential as season one. So yeah. Yeah, season two it definitely was like, okay, we're gonna spend some time so we can link up with Fallen Kingdom down the road. Um, not yeah. to say that I don't think they were like biding their time, but like there wasn't as much connections 
um, in season two as there was in season one, season three. And I, I like that moment when like the guy jumps off on the ladder and you see it in camera creation. I'm like, wait a minute, that's that scene from Falling Kingdom. It just totally caught me off yeah, guard. Yeah, my reaction is like Leonardo DiCaprio. What? What? I didn't. I didn't catch that part. Wait, that was from Fallen Kingdom. Yeah, the, yes. the part. The the part where the the T Rex like grabs a hold of the ladder. Just yeah. go on YouTube. Yeah. Just go on YouTube and and search up. Uh, Jurassic World and Camp Cretaceous um, comparisons. It will oh show you my like, gosh. Why side by side because that whole sequence where they're running around and it's in the dark and it's raining, that's all yeah. happening with, oh. during the whole opening sequence of Falling Kingdom where yes. they go in and there's a sub underneath the thing and the, go- the Mosasaurus comes up mm-hmm. and it's the guy after he it's thinks he's gotten people. away. Yeah. Same people. Yes. Yeah. Oh, crap. And so and the movie really, doesn't the movie doesn't show Henry Wu there, but he's there because Cambertasia shows he's there. Yeah. Well, yeah. basically, the movie did what the Clone Wars did with season seven, basically, and now <laughs> exactly, the exactly. My man, best yeah. analogy. My man, it fills yeah. in the gaps that you didn't even know exactly. were. Yes, I'm so happy to do. Ah, Mondo, you you were the one that pointed it out to me. Actually, he and I watched it together the first day that it dropped. Like he came over and we cooked up Dino mm-hmm. Nuggies and we watched it together. <laughs> and he was he was the one that pointed it out to me, dude. Uh, what, like, I mean, obviously I know what your expression was, but like, tell tell the folks at home, like, like basically what came over you when you recognized the parallels between episode nine of season three and its connections to Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> It was amazing. Like, I, I'm not gonna lie. If I would have been anywhere mm-hmm. but your love seat, I probably would have pissed my pants. Like, <laughs> it was outstanding, and I'm really distracted right now because I have a cat ow licking my leg, um, uh, and he just bit me. Or, but uh, yeah, that's awkward. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> It was amazing. Um, And I really liked it because, you know, season one, you saw the parallels to Jurassic World. You know, like the whole season was basically one giant parallel animated version of Jurassic World seen through the eyes of kids doing something different on the park. Um, Season two was where it kind of started to be kind of stand on its own and now they were left alone so they fought dun 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 on the park but season three again they're still in the park alone but wait a minute i know yeah that's a sexy beard zach look at that that is nice i I, it it just it was kind of glowing a little bit i was trying to get the glow off so that it wouldn't be as distracting (laughs) like to to uh Two sexiest beards on the show, right there. <laughs> yeah, he, that is pretty. Yeah, that I, is pretty oh, nice looking. I got I got to go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> it, it works. <laughs> Yay for technology and dorkism. Okay, so yeah. anyway, um, yeah, eat those dining nuggies, Stephen. Eat them. <laughs> eat them, you bad boy. So oh, anyway. I am. Oh. I'm almost finished. <laughs> oh, ooh, that's a okay. uh, oh, um, now. oh my goodness <laughs> you have been 
That's right. I am back. I can make that joke. And why did I just get bigger? That's, <laughs> not, that's never what he said. No, it's not. It's not disappointing. That's what you said. Uh, anyway, we're getting way off topic. Topic. We don't want to talk about my over raptor. We want to talk about Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous Season 3. And when I saw that, I was so excited because it made me realize that there are a lot more similarities to this the, the show and the movies. Like, they're fully connected, which gave me the epiphany, the realization, and the hope that this is going to tie directly into Dominion in some way, shape, film, or fashion. And that so, made me so damn excited. Here's here's the part that is the, is the toughest for me, because based on how the the shows have been releasing like the seasons of the show have been releasing to this point mm-hmm. I, I i seriously thought that like when somebody started speaking it would like go and start highlighting them and here i am just like up here yeah hi <laughs> hello <laughs> i thought it was hello. like a vocal cue type of thing it's like as soon as somebody started speaking it would go to this person that's speaking mm-hmm. took a second um the, based on the, the frequency and how quickly the shows have been, uh, the seasons of the show have been releasing, we've yeah. got possibly another two seasons of Camp Cretaceous in the works because oh, yeah. we we've got the one in May, and then when we when we did another one, it came out like in the fall. So we've got the possibility of getting another one, say in like October, and then we could get another one in March before the movie comes out in June. Yeah. We we very much have the potential to get another eighteen to twenty, you know, sixteen to twenty more episodes of this show before we even get to Dominion, and and I think that's the thing that that both scares and excites me the most is that there is like direct connections to Fallen Kingdom now, and there's yes. about two seasons worth of opportunity now to find a way to tie it into Dominion. Um, what, what do you guys think about the possible ties and what do you, what do you think about like how they could end up crossing over? Steven, you've been a little quiet lately. I'm going to toss it to you. Um, what do, what do you make of like what this show has the possibility to do and like what kind of potential crossovers there are for Dominion? Well, so I'm looking at the episode list, and we got season one in September, two in January, and three in May. So it felt to me like we were having a new season for each, like, actual season, which makes me wonder, like, if we could have, um, like, when does Dominion come out? Like, June of next year? So Middle, middle of June, yeah. Okay, so, like, potentially there could be, like, let's see, summer, autumn winter spring like they could do up to four before then if they want but they probably like already like pre-planned how many seasons they want and i honestly wondered whether season three would have tied into dominion more directly since like it was supposed to come out this month but yeah yeah yeah, i think the chances are high that as the show continues like the next season or next couple seasons or whatever will definitely be heading toward dominion in some way it just seems inevitable especially with the way that uh i think it was colin trevorrow has been saying like yeah you'll see that our show and the movie are like the same universe or whatever which i mean yeah. is already mm-hmm. given but it's nice that he, he's like paying close attention to that 
That is one of my favorite things about keeping up with Trevorrow on Twitter. I've shared these photos with a couple of people before, but I found a screenshot of somebody asking him, what is your favorite episode of Camp Cretaceous? And he replied, it's in season four. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I haven't even seen Colin Trevorrow's favorite Cretaceous episode yet. How insane is that? Star Raptor, like, like you, you, you know Trevorrow, you know his work, you know this show. Like, how could they possibly take it up to another notch where the EP of this show says that his favorite episode hasn't even aired yet? Uh, they go to Isla Sorna, that's what happens. Spinosaurus show up at some point. There you go. That would do it for me. That'd be what happens, isn't it? He finally said it. He finally said it. That was something that I really wanted to talk about tonight. They are off of Nublar. They are off of Nublar. But in Fallen Kingdom, we only see one of the three Baryonyx that get introduced in Camp Cretaceous. Obviously, Tiff kills one of them. There's two of them left. We only see one in Fallen Kingdom. Math would lead me to assume that there's um, one lying around somewhere. By the My- way, uh, actually, actually uh, <laughs> not to be, <clears throat> not that guy to raise my glasses. Um, actually, um, <laughs> uh, actually, I think there are two. It's not confirmed that they are the same, like Limbo and uh, the other two. I forgot the names. But there are two. One is in the tunnels with the lava killing it, most possibly, when Claire and uh, the the screaming child run away. <laughs> and there's one being hauled into the air. So I think one dies in the lava, one is on land when Fallen Kingdom, you know, I just see. climaxes. And uh, the climax happens in Fallen Kingdom, and then we have all the dinosaurs set free by that little child. So, um, okay. yeah. So, I, I, one thing, it's it's not a baryonyx because it's the sound is not the same, and uh, but that's a different thing. Uh, uh, one thing that I want to say about you know the Clone Wars parallel, it's more or less I love the, that it's the Clone Wars of the Jurassic franchise. But in in a sense, it's more like the 2003 Clone Wars because it's being made while the movie, the next movie that it's building up to is still being made. That's mm-hmm. like how Gendy Tartakovsky was trying to tie into Revenge of the Sith as mm-hmm. best he, as he could. Now, the thing is that Colin Trevorrow has more hands-on approach to, you know, uh, Camp Cretation, that's good. Wow. I'm not going to say something negative, but again, there are things like Book of Henry, so if he wants to like do something like that in season four, and that's his favorite story, okay. But again, the possibilities are all over the place. We can have, like, we still don't know what hit the boat, because that was aggressive, that was not a rock, unless it's a, a geo from High Republic that can cross streams and realities. Um, so I'm with, uh, I'm with Chris. Uh, I think Isla Sonar is the best course of action because there is a, uh, a thing in one of the, the photos that was shared by, I think, uh, Colin Trevorrow where they have side B and Isla Sonar on a box. So maybe that's how what? they 
you know, tie it in, even though I think it would be very, very appropriate, very creative if they have all this connectivity and this work done together and they're so closely working together on both Dominion and season four, hopefully five, is that they showcase the kids in the movies. I'm not saying it's oh. it should happen, but it has to happen. It it, can, it could happen, but it has to happen, in my opinion, because it would give so much credence and importance even more to the show, because then you're going to have, like, live-action Darius. Like, we, like, again, I hope Jurassic Park slash world fans experience what the Clone Wars fans have been experiencing with Bo-Katan and the Mandalorian and uh, all these other elements being brought into life of action. So imagine having Darius working with Alan Grant in live action. Okay, that's just wow. Life, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm going to yeah. say here is okay, Dino nerd. <laughs> um real okay. quick, I just want to address something. I love it that last time we talked about this, we all said, "Oh, they're going to get off the island and they're going to go to we we speculated Isla Snorna was where they were going." Yeah. And then I said, I said, what if they go get Tiff and Mitch's boat? And then you guys were like, no way, no way, that's not going to happen. And then I'm watching the season, I'm like, I called it! I called it! Yes, you did. Sorry, I got to pat pat myself on the back. Yeah, a little. But but look, I am giving credit to all of us, the fact that I think we're on the money with our speculation here. I think Isla Sorna is next. They're going to go from one Dino Island to the next one. And even so, even if they do make it to Costa Rica and make it home, they are living in the Jurassic world now. Post-Fallen Kingdom, it's a whole yeah. Jurassic world. They can't escape it. And what if they go home and well, they end up right. back together and they have to deal with all this stuff that's happening? Is it a five-year Okay, year? by the way, while Season 3 ended and it tied directly to Fallen Kingdom's beginning, the beginning of Fallen Kingdom takes place several, I have no, I'm not sure many, how many months, before the events of the actual movie. Yeah. It's a, so... It's at least I'm not 12. sure. It, I thought it was but, a couple of years. Yeah, so yeah, I'm well, not sure. Like I remember watching Fallen Kingdom, and uh, like within the movie, I think they said it's like three years after the first movie. Yeah, I think, uh, I think. I think the idea. Complaint. I think the idea is that like they're going in like just a few months after for recovery to recover yeah. the Indominus, and yeah. then when everything heats up literally when falling kingdom it's the it's the whole controversy around okay the the volcano is erupting and we have to do something and that's coming yeah. several years later yeah so that mm. leads me to believe how is this going to tie in a dominion if it's they're going to be so far back like a couple years before unless we- they do appear in live action That'd be a way to tie yeah. it in. Oh, uh, it could be. It could be that. It could be maybe a time jump for the Camp Cretaceous crew. That we kind of maybe they go to Isosorna. They have another couple adventures, and then they go, and then season five is set around Dominion. And it's a couple years older. Yes. The kids are a little older, and they're living in this jurassic world they're living in this thing where they they they've come home but now the dinosaurs have literally followed them there and they have to deal with all this mm-hmm. um it's fascinating to think like where this could go because i think this show has already proven itself as doing some surprising things and doing some interesting things with these characters and with this universe mm-hmm. and tying it yeah. in the movies better than i thought they would yeah 
there are still some loose ends from the first season which have to come into play eventually. Yeah. If they have not forgotten about them, like the Clone Wars did with some separatist elements. Um, right, right. And yes, there's always, because, shows seem, it seems like shows always forget things. Well, yeah, but they, they were like, they were building this up and it was like the main, for, like, reason for conflict in the first season and 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 like uh the groups like arguing and stuff and and almost like and distrust was because of manticore which if if they don't like resolve mm-hmm. it or like hint or if they're gonna hint at it because they have said that biosyn the one from the original movie and the book uh is gonna be in dominion so that means that by like again i'm what i'm asking myself is if unless because I thought they were gonna like gonna even though there was like that drone that got killed and destroyed by um yes uh and got destroyed by the wonderful beautiful abomination called Scorpius Rex I thought that was gonna be Manticore but again nothing like that so what yeah. I'm thinking is that why didn't they just do Biosyn from the beginning just no Manticore no stuff like that, just biosyn and just uh, have them argue with InGen and stuff like that. They've, they've always done. But I know it's... it's... Well, yeah, and they, they came back to Manicor a little bit because Sammy was like, oh, I have to get this evidence yeah. or whatever to help my family to take it back so that it'll have something of, of value to offer in exchange for immunity or whatever else um, oh. to protect yourself. So they're, they keep, oh, they're know keeping the Manticore thing going. Oh, I think we know, oh, we we do? know what's... Oh, now, Sammy has been six months on the island. She's been living with Bumpy, having good relations with Bumpy, and Triceratopsis. She's going to go to the mainland in season five or six. She's going to go to her parents. They're going to start adopting Triceratopsis, and they're going to, like like the trailer for uh, Jurassic World Evolution 2, they're going to herd some beautiful ankylosauruses and Triceratopsis. They're going to milk them, and voila, the farm is saved. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Back, back the ever living <laughs> hell up. Okay. <laughs> I just want to. Are we really milking some damn dinosaurs? I mean, if they cannot, if they, like, for instance, during our last com- conversation, I was wrong about okay. some things. I'm most likely wrong about Triceratops, others, uh, and milking them. But again, Where is this I just conversation? Have... I'm the one. I'm, I'm the I'm the dude over here playing with action figures on a live stream podcast, and you're saying they're going to stick their grubby little kid hands around a triceratops udder and start squeezing his teeth? Uh, oh my! Okay, yes. You have severely triggered Mondo. Severely. Okay. Uh, well, I just want to have <laughs> again. I repeat, I want a happy ending for Sammy. Just like that's more than a happy ending. This isn't a porno. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, kind of related. I gotta say, I thought it was cute when Sammy was like, "Big animals are my thing," and she's trying to win Bumpy over. Like, I thought that was a a fun moment in the show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Our producer sent uh, the humor that one. Yeah, this is an R rating. All right. Okay. So let's go around the table here and let's discuss okay. our favorite scariest moments, shall we? 
Well, no, apparently it's going to be when they start coming off dinosaurs. Frank Monmouth. I have my answer. Does anyone else have a good answer for this question? Scariest moment. The moment that actually frightened you. I, I would I would probably say episode five, like the whole second half of episode five was just one nightmare after another. You're talking about the the, the Scorpius coming to the camp? Yeah. Where yeah, they like have that, like, like, the battery to electrify the fence and like I don't even I still don't even know how the hell they got away because like every other dinosaur that that thing jumped after it killed and like a a, a, a lit up tree somehow helped the kids escape like it's a freaking miracle that they made it out of that episode alive because you mm-hmm. really see yeah. the brutal ruthless nature of this creature in that episode uh even more amplified than like the subtle entendres they've been giving throughout the course of the first half of the season like that episode the the lighting the roaring the the usage of the trees like everything about that episode was just ridiculously intense more so than i would have expected even from a kids program yeah the only the only downside to that scene was like there's the the plot armor of the kids was like fully activated yeah like because like they should have died like they should all be dead because they're really close but they give you the closest moment of peril that you've ever gotten with sammy getting sick Uh i i will applaud them for that because yes, there, yeah. there are times in the next episode where they're like questioning their own mortality and questioning their ability to save her, and like, like it seems like something could end up happening to her. There's that one moment near the end where like they give her the vaccine, and it's like she's just lying there, and they're like, they like accept it. They're like, oh my gosh, she's she's gone, and like they fully sell it, and then she of course she wakes up, but like it's intense. Um. Mm-hmm. And like, but like going back to that scene, like the moment where, like, the, where is he? Where is he? And they look up, and he's behind them on the tree, oh, coming Lord. down the tree, freaking terrifying! My God. Yes. Um. Someone else want to take this question? Yes, please. I, I, okay. Yes, but I have a question first. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> a reminder. Keep IPC clean. <laughs> would you milk my little Spinosaurus? Uh, that's not a Jurassic Park Spinosaurus, so. It the sure in hell is this foot! It says JP! Let the record okay. show that I tried to keep this show back on the rails, and it just went right oh. off again. No. Um, I so bought this, this out of a blind draw Jurassic Park. Little package thing I bought from the store. Now going back to the original damn question okay. about what scared me the most. You know, my hair looks really weird. Look at that. <laughs> okay, it okay. is. Okay. Anyways, it is. But again, that doesn't mean that bump you're showing me is what you think it is. It's like they have a special <laughs> bone there. That's not what that bone is. Oh, it's, it's oh yeah, they have a bone <laughs> Scary oh, Mondo, oh scariest moment. Scary <laughs> moment in the show. Put the yes, bo- biology oh. class about dinosaurs. <laughs> Sex ed with dinosaurs one hundred and one. <laughs> I'm just gonna put uh, no. Spinosaurus. I just for wanted a, a happy farming memory with Sammy and her family. That's it. No uh, American Pie stuff, and you know, 
For the record, I agree with Dan. You know, it doesn't have to include yeah. milking, but something else would be great for, for Sammy. <laughs> okay. Scary so, okay. Enough about dino or... fetishes. Um, my, uh, my scariest thing actually didn't involve the, the Scorpius. Um, mine was in the scene with the shipping crates, and I forgot the name of the dinosaur. I feel dumb. But Oranosaurus. Yeah, uh, the Iranosaurus Rex. Um, uh, that thing, yes. you ha- like, they took an herbivore and they made it extremely menacing. And like, you see the Spinosaurus, yeah. like, you expect to be kind of scared and to see some really kind of scary stuff. So I was kind of braced for that, right? Like, I was kind of braced for that impact, but didn't necessarily expect, like, a very daunting scene surrounding a plant eater, right? Um, and right, I thought yeah. that was something so superbly badass that they did. And I mentioned this a ton when I was watching it with Zach, is they took what everybody says would be a safe dinosaur, and they turned it into something extremely life-threatening and created massive peril out. Indeed. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was really uh, um, uh, Dan, the did you have a favorite moment? A favorite scary moment? Okay. I do agree with M- Mondo. The Oranosaurus scene was absolute perfection. The music was just excellent. I mean, the music this season has been just wonderful. They've really, like, they know, I mean, they, I know they do dip their feet into the John Williams music a lot, but that's basically what I every other franchise with John Williams music does. Um, but yeah, I, I do, do say that that scene is again, also a, one of my favorite scary moments. It just freaked me the frack out. But I Ooh, think the moment when I think the moment when uh, Yaz is running back to the camp with the antidote and yeah. she is confronted in the tree by that Thing, that that oh, abomination. God, yes, yeah. yes, because that shot, because the way it's positioned, because unlike the raining scene with the camp, that scene has a, a live action looking Scorpius Rex in a live action looking tree, drooling and freaking making almost no sounds. That's horrific. That's that 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 was awful, disgusting. I just that's my just. The way it just stops and it just it blends with the like walk down like even worse than the uh, like interrupter because interrupter was like had the finesse of a elephant in a glass store or something, um, and th- and this just it walks down and just oh but then of course you know that they I think that explosion happens, which was again very. The animation has been bumped so much, you know, bumpy it up, and uh, it it just it's it looked incredible. It scared the living hell out of me. So yeah, that moment with Yaz running and then being confronted by the abomination. Indeed, indeed. Um, Star Rapid, do you have a favorite uh, scary moment? Yeah, everything with the Scorpius Rex, like I said, that was uh, something that that they needed, right? Something that was terrifying, that that brought something new, but something kind of familiar, right? So having 
having you know what it reminded me of i think i told you you guys it's like you showed me i think last time we were on the chat with a jurassic world or jurassic park for the concept art of some like dino human hybrids and i did get kind of like the feel (laughs) from those things because they're like on their hind legs a lot kind of like lurking like forward and just like on the trees like they're they're more mobile they had more uh climbing ability with their arm like more ability with their arms you know stuff like that so overall yeah that 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 kind of brought memories back whenever i seen those things yeah yeah exactly even list his um i don't really have a moment that really scared me so my answer is gonna be kind of boring but i will say though that the moment where sammy is sick it felt very real like i i never think that these kids are gonna die i don't think they're ever gonna die in the show but it was interesting that they inserted that in the story and it was well placed because it's after they've had this discussion of like will we still be friends like after all this and i do think the end game is that they will remain friends because like after this shared experience that they survived together and like i think um like Darius will do something in season four that will sort of redeem him and Kenji's eyes. Like, I don't know what it will be, but yeah. right. Yeah. I, I just like the more, the real and very human stuff that they include in the show. So here's my train of thought about this show tying into dominion, because I did look mm-hmm. it up and about a year and a half gap between the, the prologue and the rest of what happens in falling kingdom. And then if there's another gap between Fallen Kingdom and Dominion, we're probably looking at like at least two and a half to three years between the end of season three and the kids ending up in Dominion. They could end up going their separate ways once they get off the island. And the way that I'm seeing Dominion shaping up as far as the cast is concerned, this yeah. is essentially Jurassic Avengers. For for lack of for lack of a better term, you are bringing back the people from the original movies, from the current movies. Dude. You're Dude. you're you're bringing people back into the fold the way that they were bringing people from all of the classic Avengers movies back in 2012. Dude, dude, no, the parallel is more obvious. I mean, I love your panel because Avengers is the best. This is Jurassic World. The Dino Awakens. <laughs> They're bringing out, bringing back yeah, old fair, characters fair. from 30, 40 years ago and bringing up a new cast of characters to take the torch or at least finish up the, you know, the race because, you know, the baton is basically over because they're saying that Dominion is the last one for now. So this is the Force Awakens Dino style. Yeah, I agree with Sorry. that. Sorry, sorry for being just so aggressive, but I just I've been thinking about it a lot, especially when I've seen like <laughs> set photos from Dominion. And by the way, I was wrong. I I want to apologize about last time where I told you that maybe we might get something like a Demetrodon from the set photos in Malta. Uh, it's actually something mm-hmm. more familiar that is, I think, far more boring. But hey, that's just me. Um, not to get too off topic. But I want to point something. When I hear Dan speak, it looks like he should be coming from Star Raptor. And when Star Raptor speaks, it looks like he should be coming from Dan. Like their faces don't match their voices. Mm-hmm. What? And uh, it's really I, 
<laughs> wait, wait, I why is that? With that. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Like, <laughs> like Star Raptor looks like his name should be Han, like not Han, but Han, and he should have like a British accent. What? And Dan, just looking by his little picture, his little tiny cute little head, just looks like. <laughs> He should sound like Star Raptor. Am I the only one that sees this? You're imagining. Uh, yes, you are. Yes, yes, you're the only one. You're the you're only the, one. That's the one question when you ask. In the entire universe. When you ask the question, am I the only one, Mondo, just say yes, because the answer is always yes. All right. So Chris <sighs> looks British? Okay, favorite new dino. Let's get one more question <laughs> in before we have to wrap this thing up because we are getting we are running short on time. Now I do want to get to some of the questions here because I wrote some pretty good questions okay. and uh, I want yes. you guys to answer them. All right, so we're going to do this. Dan, you being massive dino nerd here, what was your like yeah. favorite dinosaur to show that showed up for the first time this season? I I personally love the model of source. It has a lot of features that are similar to things we've seen before. But there's something like the, I like the I I just love dinosaurs with crests. I mean, my favorite is the Dilophosaurus. So I think it's my favorite, and the way it hunted, the way it moved, the way they developed it. Like, oh, one Monolophosaurus is not a problem, but fifteen of them. Oh my goodness, <laughs> that's a problem. Uh, so that's my favorite. I mean, I personally. Like I, because I like it, I would buy the toy if it was available here. Uh, for instance, that one that we saw, the Dimorphodons, I, I dis, I despised their look. They're like little biting machines on on the rat bodies with wings. Because yep. at least the Pterodons, the Quetoquados from yeah. the, you know, from the preview, they have grace. They're majestic. These things are rats with teeth that look like <laughs> little sharks. Yeah. I hate them. They almost killed Chris Pratt <laughs> as well. Yeah. yeah, they did. So, yeah, Monothosaurus. That's great. That's great. I love I love uh, Chris Pratt's behind-the-scenes story where he's like, yeah, like, for that scene where, like, one lands on him and tries to eat him, like, there's an actual, like, little person in a suit that was, like, <laughs> snarling and trying to bite him um, oh, wow. on set of Jurassic World. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, Star Raptor. I, you know, raptors we've seen throughout the series. They're not new, so you got to pick something different. What's another dinosaur that you were happy to see this season? Um, compies. I'm always happy to see compies. There you go. <laughs> I I love the dynamic of compies. The fact that you like see one of them is like, yeah. eh, whatever. You know, it's not a big deal. But then like 50 of them show up. You're like, uh huh, crap. What the like heck? it's like cockroaches. Yeah, it's it's the whole. It goes back to like the Lost World. It's like you know, oh, they're just rats, yeah. whatever. And then it's like you got 20 of them, and they can kill you. Uh huh. And, and like they're a real threat to, to yeah. Blue. I like that. Yeah, unless yeah. you got somebody like Ben that's going to scare him away. It's just like, <laughs> oh, no. Ben the badass. Um, uh, Steven, favorite dino, new or old, whatever. Bumpy five ever. Bumpy is the best. No dinosaur <laughs> <Yeah>. comes close. <laughs> he really is. He's freaking adorable. I love Bumpy. And it was better than I, I loved his whole arc of like Ben dealing with like leaving him behind and saying no i don't want to leave him behind but then like realizing hey he belongs here his herd can protect him her 
Sorry, misgendered there. Um, and is it a her or him? I can't remember. It's it's I a her. It's a girl. For all females, we just had this conversation, Brady. I know, I know. I'm an idiot. Um, I mean, and Dan's over here talking about milking the damn thing. Of course, it's a woman. Oh my gosh. Okay, Mr. <laughs> Smarty Pants, Mondo, um, what was your favorite dino from Camp Cretaceous Season 3? All of them. No, I'm kidding. Um, I really like the Scorpius. And I know that's a cop-out answer, and it's probably not that original, but I loved it because I felt like it kind of gave a possible insight to some of the things we may have seen in the briefcase at the end of Fallen Kingdom. You know, when they're taking those dinosaur yeah. hybrid embryos uh, and, and you see them in that briefcase, like I, like, I think it would be so incredibly awesome if we see more of that, but in the live screen, like in the, like the live action. Well, sense. Colin Trevorrow did say no more hybrids from now on, so. You're just a soul crusher. <laughs> no, I'm not a soul crusher. He said the hybrids are done. You're. You're to me like the kid that told me Santa wasn't real in the fifth grade. No. I, okay, Wait, Santa's I'm, not real? Okay, oh, if, if Zach oh, is Santa, God. I'm like Zach because, you know, I'm throwing truth bombs because he's quoting, like, Ben and everybody's quoting Trevor and I'm doing the same. I mean, I'm just... All right, a uh, favorite oh. dino, Zach, oh. this season. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm probably in a similar boat as Dan. The, the Monolophosaurus gave us... The uh the 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 predatory um fear of of the raptors without having to rehash the raptors again. I'd never seen them before. Like I really like I couldn't point them out to you. I don't I don't play evolution. I don't even know if they're on evolution or not. So like I it was not. it it was it was a completely new dino, completely new experience for me. And seeing those new predators in a new location, like the pea house, um, was was just it was just a really cool episode. And then to see them come back towards the end of the season and play a part towards the end of the season as well, um, they I just feel yeah. like they were well used and the timing was good as far as you know giving us a a sleeker um, predatory dino without having to use a, a pack of raptors again. But th- that's that's the genius of Camp Cretaceous compared to some of the movies because yes, what like for, I'm not knocking everything other than Jurassic Park three and Jurassic Park the original, but every time somebody has to be a threat in some of the movies, it has to be either Rex, a raptor, or a hybrid, and it just <clears throat> like you have so many so many uh, like different dinos that you could use like uh, the dilophosaurus my beloved favorite has been teased mm-hmm. for a while and we have still not seen him like seen her or seen them uh because there could be multiple of these abominations lovely beautiful spitting monsters and yet they always resort to the raptors i mean even in dominion there's like a rumor or at least some puzzle that came out that there's like more probably going to be more raptors or something which again I personally prefer the Monolophosaurus to more raptors. Because like with the Spinosaurus, like with the Indominus, adding new things in a similar situation just makes it more interesting. Because that's like with the, uh, like what, what, again, going back to Star Wars, like Lucas did in the Clone Wars with Dave Filoni. Like 
you've seen clones versus droids dozens of times. I mean, at least at, at as of 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. Why don't we make the battle vertical, up a hill? That makes it different. And it, you've seen a dinosaur kill a human dozens of times, sometimes unneeded, sometimes warranted, like revenge. Why don't we make it a different, a more interesting dinosaur? Like, we've not seen a ceratosaurus being utilized normally in a while. Why don't they have a win? I mean, they, they're always the punchline of a joke or being dead. So, or others, like... There are a lot of, like, Herarosauruses or a lot of abominations that I don't want to speak of because Jurassic World, Jurassic Park of the game had them and they were discussing awful little things that glow in the dark. Um, yeah, so more... Because if Dominion does the same situation with different dinosaurs, that's just treading same, you know, similar waters, which I'm not trying to knock Dominion before it's out, but... It's like, again, I applaud Trevorrow for teasing hairy dinos, which I still think the one on the person with the mosquito is not the same dino we see in the movie. It's not the Giga or the T-Rex, unless he decides to give the pre-existing, the original T-Rex from 65 million years ago, some, you know, feathers or hairs as they appear, but it's small feathers. And then who decides to make Rexy and remove all those feathers to make her more, you know, slim, slick, cool for the kids in 1993. So, I don't know, it's, it's again, it's, like, for instance, the Giga. It's scientifically inaccurate to have Giga fight a dino like the T-Rex at that time. But it's more interesting because it's a new, a new dino fighting... A familiar dino, it's a similar situation, but new combatants, so it's at least more different. Yeah. yeah. All all I'm going to add to this discussion is that I hope next season when I ask, what was your favorite dino? I hope one of us can say the Spinosaurus. Just gonna throw yes! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just going to throw that out there. Yeah. Um, but I think now, yes. I think I, I will lead that into um, our season four. We know it's happening. We know it's coming at some point. Yes. Thoughts, predictions, hopes. Um, Steven, what do you think? Well, like I said, season four will probably have, they'll probably elaborate more on the friction that now exists between uh, Darius and Kenji. And at some point during the season, like it'll, maybe it'll be late in season four. Uh, Darius will do something that like saves his friends or whatever, and like, yeah, that makes, makes sense. him and Kenji like become good friends again, and it'll be water under the bridge. Um, and yeah, I don't really know what else to predict other than what everyone else has said about like the possible Dominion connections. Right, right. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Um, Star Raptor season four. What are you thinking? Hoping. Where, yeah, where I'm just hoping, going. Yeah, I'm hoping for just more drama among among the kids. Like we got that little tease of something going on between a couple of them there. Um I don't know how I feel about having more humans injected into the story more adults. I mean, I guess they could do that, but I'm still I still rather vote for having more dinosaur threats in the show. So, uh whether it be a spinosaurus or uh, a dilophosaurus or something um i hope we kind of keep the focus on that and just survival making 
make them really look like they're working for it. Because at some points in the show, sometimes like they're sitting around having pizza. It's like, are they really, um, really duking it out here, or, or what's going on? So I want to see more horror. I think they did great with this season three. I want to keep. I want to see them keep that up. The um, intensity of that. Yeah. Yep. Um, Mondo, what, what do you, what, you know, obviously there's, there's at least one dinosaur on that boat. What dinosaur do you think is on that boat and what are you hoping for season four? I think the dinosaur on the boat is the third Baryonyx. Uh, I think oh. Zach's math is spot on with that. Uh, and I, I really do. And because they like, they had already kind of made a nest on that boat anyway. <clears throat> if you really kind of think about it, like I kind of feel like mm. that was kind of mm. its nesting ground. The, so the two, was, the two of them seem to have settled there after they dispatched with Tiff, and just based on previous dinosaur behavioral patterns, even dating back to the Lost World when the T Rexes expanded their territory after they went to retrieve their young, dinosaurs are habitually territorial for the most part. And when those Baryonyx settled on the boat, I don't see them giving it up that easily. So even if there was a Baryonyx that got floated away in, uh, in, in Fallen Kingdom, there's not a guarantee that it was one of those three that we've seen in this show. And there's not even a guarantee that this is one of the two remaining. Yes. Uh, so I, I, I would like to concur that it, it very well could be a Baryonyx, but just also... Like you mentioned earlier, the growling patterns were not similar. It seemed a little bit higher pitched than what we have usually gotten from the Baryonyx. So if I oh, if yeah. I had, if I if I had to go with a backup option, um, it, it it might be it might be something a, a little bit smaller than a Baryonyx, but it can't go too much smaller because I don't believe a, a Monolophosaurus could create the hole that you see <laughs> in the boat. So it's it's a tough call for me, but I could see either a Baryonyx or a Monolophosaurus being what's on the boat. Makes sense. Makes uh, sense. Yeah, yeah. So, in terms of what I want out of season four, I've been showing it all night, and the reason I have been is <laughs> I, want, I want to see this right here. Yep. Like, this is what I want. Like, I want. I want this to be the big bad in season four. Um, and I would tinkle my drawers. Okay. If I'm coming to your house to watch season four then. Okay. Uh, um, actually as as can, um if I will tinkle my drawers. Hey buddy, how are you? Um <laughs> Luna says hi. Luna wants to give her predictions. I'm on Kevin. Um oh. but uh I will. Oh, I'm going to say this for the fifth time. I'm a tinkle me trousers. If yes. I if this somehow makes them dominion because of something they do in Camp Cretaceous, like we know dinosaurs from the first island make it to the mainland. What if they somehow bridge to get some of the dinosaurs from the second island to the mainland as well, including? This guy, I I can't imagine the Spinosaurus not showing up either in season four or five or Dominion. I just I can't. I just 
would make sense. They got to bring that dinosaur back. They got to give him a a proper her a proper like send off. Um, but Zach, where 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 where, where, where do you want to go with this? I'm actually going to toss it to Dan because we're running a little short on time. Okay. I'll probably give some more thoughts in the in the intergalactic peace hangout on a live video with Mondo tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But Dan, what are, what are your hopes for uh, season four, sir? Okay. I'm going to be quick about this. Now, first about the boat. Now, I think, I hope, because, you know, Colin Trevor has been very active with the community. He's been communicating with people. And I think somebody probably most likely has brought up the thing that he did have, like, a little Dilophosaurus, like, make little sounds when that (laughs) guy in Fallen Kingdom was tinkering with the gates, and, like, he was teasing a Dilophosaurus, and then the T-Rex shows up, and we never see it again. My thought is, because the Baryonyxes, when the kids go back to the boat, the Baryonyxes are used as a diversion to kill one of the hunters on the mainland when Dr. Wu is already there, and they're the two are sleeping and they kill because they they are like thermal readings appear like the kids, but the hunter doesn't know that, and he dies by the two baryonyxes on the island. My thought is because Kenji goes down into the lower decks to find booze or those fireworks or something, I think it's a little Dilophosaurus hidden in some drawer in 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 the in the lower decks of the of the boat, and it. If something that can cause enough mayhem and disgust and horror, that's a Dilophosaurus on a boat. I could just see them just sailing like a cartoon. A lot of cartoons have done. Oh, we're sailing in the right direction. Oops, we've gone the opposite direction. We're Uh heading into Isla Sorna or one of the other deaths. Uh And I think they have to, like, because... Again, I do. I also hope it's a Dilophosaurus, and I also do hope your you guys' hopes and dreams, because I also the Spinosaurus is number two again on my list. I also would love it to be like, for instance, we have had Darth Vader, aka Rexy, in the first seasons. Now it's time to bring in Darth Maul, aka the Spinosaurus. So it's it would be appropriate to have it in this show. But again, if they're gonna go to Isla Sona, they have to make it more different or unique because if they crash on Isla Sora and it's just them running in in a forest again, just more like North American and not Hawaii, it's going to be a little samey. So maybe they have to have an, a better reason, maybe something more horrific or more mad scientist stuff is happening on Isla Sora like in Jurassic Park 3 because we've seen that Colin Trevorrow sees and he acknowledges Jurassic Park 3 exists. Mm-hmm. So I hope we go to Isla Sorna, and there's more interesting stuff, including because I think the Spinosaurus is what made that dent accidentally. Interesting. Because maybe the Spinosaurus went to Isla Nublar for a second to see, oh, oh or at least maybe because it's, <clears throat> it's not a dent from a Mosasaurus because that thing is huge. So I think maybe the Spinosaurus was like swimming because it also can swim because... Science has tried to ruin this dinosaur for the last 25 years. And um, maybe it tries to swim and it gets scared off by the Mosasaurus and it runs away. Maybe that could be a scene like to get some character into the uh, Spinosaurus. We don't know. Okay. So, yeah, that's my, that's are my hopes and dreams for season four. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, we're, we're 
getting close to uh, our, our expected time capacity. Our producer, Sean's been working behind the scenes with us and he's been messaging me saying that he's ready to go to bed. I'm pretty close to ready to go to bed. I know Dan, you got up early to be a part of this with us, but we appreciate you. Uh, there's, Thanks. there's just a lot of people in the, in the central and East coasts that probably need to start closing things down. So we're going to go clockwise around this table, starting with Steven in the top right. And, uh, we'll go to Dan, Star Raptor, Mondo, and then up to the two hosts. We're going to do our final thoughts on the season and our planet scores for season three. If you want to plug your materials, this is probably the best time to do that as well, just so we can get it all, uh, put together. Uh, into one neat little package. So, Stephen, final thoughts, Planet Score for Season 3, and where can people keep up with you after this podcast is over? Right, so this season didn't excite me as much as Season 2 did, but I definitely enjoyed it more than Season 1. So I think I gave Season 1 7 and a quarter, and Season 2 8.5, and Season 3 I'm going to give 7.75 out of 10. Like, it was enjoyable, but uh, I don't know. Maybe if I rewatched it at some point, I'd have a higher score. But that's what I'm feeling right now. But I'm still looking forward to what happens next. Um, as for where you can find me, you can follow me at Steven Schinder on Instagram and Twitter, Steven Schinder Storytelling on Facebook. You can check out my podcast, Delayed Replay, where we improvise reviews of <laughs> movies as if they came out on time but of course they got delayed um mm-hmm. a few people in this call i had recently on the jurassic world dominion episode so check that out and Amazing. the episode the episode coming out tomorrow is on the batman the robert pattinson one um and anything else i'm involved with you can just check the steven Schitter storytelling facebook page and chances are i'll share something about it i'm starting a podcast with my dad as well we record a few things um it's about the progressive rock band yes so keep an eye out for that and uh you can also go to my website stevenschinder.com where i'll i have info on my novel that's out and sometime in the near future there will be info on the next one so yeah and thanks for having me on here a very busy fellow indeed Lots of different avenues that are being pursued. Uh, Mr. Grievous, local, yeah. not not so local, <laughs> dinosaur expert. <laughs> uh, so final thoughts on the season, uh, score out of 10, and stuff that's happening outside of this podcast, sir. Of course. Uh, well, personally, I love this season. Again, even more than the last one. Like I know I gave the last one again a ten out of ten, but again like so far as as this has been the first uh, like series about a Jurassic Park slash Jurassic World thing. And that's like there's nothing to compare it to. It's like this is the first Jurassic series we've been getting on a week. Okay. Netflix has been like bingeable and it's just dropping all these beautiful awesome episodes that i cannot stop i like that's that's the thing i watched this in almost one sitting at least okay one weekend but again just i i always want to know what's happening next and that's something i never felt before because we've never had a series like this um the thing is this is i i would not 
knock out some I will not knock some points out of this or against the previous season. For me this season is also a ten out of ten. But the thing is it's like this season is like a red velvet cake and the previous one was like a beautiful chocolate cake, you know, garish. So it's two delicious cakes, but they offer so much so different of of a flavor that they are unique in their own way. You enjoy them both. <laughs> So I cannot complain. I had I had them both. They're delicious. They've been wonderful, and I'm ready for the next cake. Hopefully, it's even better and more interesting. That is gonna like I've been happy, very happy with what I've been getting, and I can't complain. It's not something that's like oh that that's the worst. I want them yeah. dead or something like. There's not been that moment so far. Um, yeah, so I'm very hopeful for the future of this franchise so far. I like the goofiness. I'm one who. Again, like to plug the outside world as well. Dan Grievous on social media loves goofy and wacky stuff. Yeah, sometimes some more dramatic, interesting stuff. But like, I like Mieber Gascon from from the Clone Wars more than I do Darth Vader. So you know, that's just <laughs> me. <laughs> nice. So I like I when it. like Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, Star Wars, Marvel goes bananas and and goes f- funky and weird and fun. Like so. Well, Thor Ragnarok is my favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. So that's why I love when the Jurassic movies also go insane. Like, that's why the Scorpius Rex was such a piece de resistance to the whole situation, because he was insane. That thing was bonkers. Wu said so. I mean, not in that text, but... So, yeah. And um, to plug myself, like the Scorpius Rex did in the entire season, show myself and just say where you can find me uh, anywhere on social media. If you search for Dan Grievous, you're going to see a crazy Bulgarian guy just spouting <laughs> whoa, what he loves about Star Wars or Marvel or something like that or <laughs> Jurassic stuff. Fair enough. Yes. So thank you very much for having me in these wee hours of the morning. It's 7.21 here in Bulgaria. It's sunny day and it's very hot. Mm. I hear you on that. It's going to be another hot one here in Texas tomorrow, too. Uh, Star Raptor, thanks for hopping off of one show and then hopping on to another one. I know that that leads to a long night, but hopefully it was an enjoyable one. Uh, what are your thoughts on this on this show, and where can the folks find you when they're not tuning into this? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so of course, it's stuff I love. So I have no problem with it. And, of course, I'm going to speak. Um, even if I have work in the morning, it's fine. It's it's going to be all right because I enjoyed doing this. But hey. um, <laughs> So what I kind of echoed off the, the, the beginning of the episode here when I joined is this this season really I thought was the best one. They took elements from season one. Um, they took elements from season two, left some elements out of season two, which I didn't like a, a whole ton. And they melted them all together to create something that I thought was the best yet. They they added that fear factor that we love as a Jurassic um, fan, right? Um, one indicator that instantly tells me that I like this this season a lot was I was watching through episode eight. Didn't really look at the episode count ahead of time. So I was like, all right, this is the last episode. Here we go. Episode eight. Leaves off on a great cliffhanger. I'm like, oh, cool. This is, a, this is an awesome cliffhanger. You have these helicopters coming in all right, I guess it's going to be another three or four months. And then I kind of like walk away. And then all of a sudden I hear music and I'm like, oh, there's more episodes. I was like, I, I got to be like super happy. Look, oh, there's two more episodes. Like, so I actually like for no, I know I love this because I literally had that reaction. 
Um, so, so with that being said, I'm going to give this one an 8.5 out of 10. As far as following me on different channels, I have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Star Raptor. I do Star Wars videos. I do gaming videos. I was talking a lot about E3 over the last uh, couple weeks. And I also talk a lot about like the High Republic. There's some new books coming out. So I have some reviews um, on there. I also started a new Star Wars podcast. As we mentioned, I just came off of uh, recording episode 13 of Outer Rim Transmission. It's a weekly Star Wars show where we break down the news. We also talk about whatever episode of uh, the Disney Plus series came out. For instance, we're talking about Bad Batch every week. So you can follow us um there as well as any podcast service the new episodes usually go up on monday apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify all that and thanks guys for inviting me on uh it's been great um i can't believe we're already um talking about a season four for this show it's it's gonna be a lot of fun <laughs> hopefully breaking that down in, in in the next couple months as well absolutely pretty crazy mondo how about you bud yeah so i love this episode this season, not this episode. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, but you knew that. Um, I love this season. It was by far my favorite season. Uh, and that says a lot because I have loved this show. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna kind of echo what Chris said. I can't believe we're already talking about season four. Like I remember last year when Zach was like, Bruh, have you seen Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous? And I was actually over at his at his place and he showed me the first couple episodes. <clears throat> And he was like, and I was like, what? Like, it looks like Duplos, but it's not. It's awesome. Uh, and uh, it was super cool. And I really got on board with it. And I really liked it. And it was gripping. And it was intense. And it was fun. And it was a bit goofy. But it's goofy in all the right ways. Um, I'm going to give this season a 9.25 Dino Nuggies. And um, and because I do feel like there is some room for improvement, but not much. You know, I think Zach talked about it on the top from what I could hear from when I was hearing everything cutting in, out like that. Um, he mentioned the visuals and how they kind of, they made those improve somehow. Hey, Cat, hey, can I help you? Luna wants to say hi again, everybody. She wants to say, the dinosaur scared me. Um, uh, but okay, so one thing that was stupid adorable, when I was watching, I think it was season two, when I just got my little guy, a fig, and he was sitting on the couch with me watching, and one of the, when one of the dinosaurs came on screen and roared, he ran and hid behind the curtain. <laughs> and, it, and it was absolutely adorable. But um, oh as, I'm sure, as I'm sure my cats have made quite an appearance tonight. Um, but uh, yeah, no, this season was great. And now where can you find me? Now, I'm the biggest guy on this podcast, probably dimensionally. Um, so you can find me just looking. But... Uh, uh, but no, you can find me on social media at Mondo D Company. It says right there in my name. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. There's a lot of cool things going on. I do stand-up comedy now. Uh, last Saturday, we actually did a Mondo on Deck, which was my first ever full-length stand-up set. 
and I felt like it went really good. And again, thank you, Zach, for putting all that together. And there's a lot more to come. I always say the best is yet to come, and I fully mean that uh, in my projects. That's right. There are multiple announcements to come soon. So uh, go like my social medias and uh, be sure to watch the videos, like the video, share the videos if you find them appropriate to share. And keep a lookout, man. A lot of cool things come up the pipeline, and I could not be any more excited about what's to come. I'm pretty excited about what's to come tomorrow. We're going to go hit up a Jurassic World walkthrough animatronic experience happening here in the Dallas area tomorrow. And I'm dressing up as Dr. Grant. You're dressing up as Dennis. So yes. it's right. going to be a fun time. As um, long as that damn raincoat gets here on time. It better. Boy, it better. You did I that actually a little bit too late. If it doesn't, <laughs> if it doesn't, I'll have to attempt to maybe head up a few thrift stores to see if I can find one. <laughs> oh, you got one just down the street from you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have, I'm in Louisville. I have like 20 of them within like a 10 mile drive. It's the weirdest thing. Louisville shouldn't be known for that, but they are now apparently. Whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, go find the Intergalactic Peace Hangout. It's a it's a public group on Facebook. Uh, Mondo and I will do a live video there discussing the walkthrough experience, discussing the IMAX trailer, and a whole bunch of other dino-rific type of stuff. And uh, go follow me on the socials. You can see the username right there on the screen, Zach the Voice. It's uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, Venmo, like basically everything. It's all the same username. So go hit me up on all those different platforms and uh, go hit up IPC podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Ben, I know that we're crunched for time. If you just need to say your username and then head out, I understand. I was planning to close things down anyway, but where can the folks at home keep up with you? Yeah, you can follow me at Ben Hart with no E and at the SWU and at Culture Slay, that Star Wars Culture and a bunch of other ones. Um, but uh, I really enjoyed this season. I'm going to give it an eight and a point five out of ten i really enjoyed this one i can't wait for season four um but i will be bouncing now guys it was a pleasure i will catch you on the flip side catch you in two weeks thanks everyone for coming and uh yeah this was awesome uh we we knew that there would be some interesting time constraints trying to keep up with uh eastern time pacific time bulgarian time uh people coming from escape rooms, people coming from work, people getting up in the morning, all that good stuff. But uh, this this has been a, a very fun ride here discussing Season 3 of Camp Cretaceous on the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. I give it a 9 out of 10 just because I really enjoyed all the components. I enjoyed the extra two episodes. I enjoyed the character development, the music, the action, the, uh, the usage of E750. There were just a lot of really great things about this season and a lot of great things about this episode, including whether or not we should be milking dinosaurs, uh, among so many other things that happened here on the IPT <laughs> podcast. Thank you to our producer, Sean, for sticking it out with us this whole episode. Thank you to everybody that was able to be a part of this panel. Thanks to Ben for co-hosting with me. And thanks to everybody that watched live and is wa uh, listening on all our different podcatchers. We'll be back in two weeks for another awesome discussion. But for Steven, for Dan, for Star Raptor, for Mondo, and for Ben, I'm Dax signing off for now. We'll see you when we see you. But until then, good night, everyone.
what does a dinosaur teeth even look like? 